You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, greetings, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe. And today, I have a young lady who's going to visit with us and share some thoughts and ideas. Her name is Joe White. She has an amazing backstory that I'm going to let her share. And then we're going to get into the uh, kind of the meat of the subject. And it's, it's really sort of a two-part discussion. But I'll get into that after we introduce Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Doug. You bet. And you do have an amazing backstory. It's a little bit of a tradition on this show that I always ask my guests to tell a little bit about themselves and their journey to get to where they are right now. But yours has a very interesting twist to it. So uh, tell everybody what you've been sharing with me about your background. Gladly. So I am currently in the premium brand design space. Um, I've been in it for about going on 10 years now, but I ended up this direction because 10 years ago when I was doing just graphic design at an agency and um, working in my field, but not loving the work I was doing, I woke up one day and out of the blue, I couldn't um, move the left side of my body very well. I had pounding migraine and partial paralysis in my throat, so I couldn't speak very well. Um, I had trouble swallowing. Food was coming out of my nose instead of going down my throat, uh, which makes you start looking for answers really quick. And in this space, <laughs> yeah. In the space of a couple weeks of scrambling, going from doctor to doctor, and finally doing some CAT scans and MRIs, I went from thinking I was a totally healthy person to discovering that I had a brain tumor and the doctors did not know much about it. It was in an unusual spot, uh, an unusual type, and the results kept coming back inconclusive. Wow. And they didn't know if I was going to live or die. So I went from um, living a very, what I thought was certain, but very safe life to looking around at what I'd done so far and where I was at and saying, you know what, if, if I'm going to die, I'm not going out like this. Yeah. I, I'm going to spend what time I have left doing work that matters in a way that raises people up. And I'm going to have more time for my family and more time for just living with whatever time I have left. And so it turned me upside down, kicked me in the pants and <laughs> set me on track for not only learning how to um, do something about what I believed as far as my faith goes and really step into healing when the doctor said they couldn't help but also to do the same thing in my business and do something about what I believed I was capable of. <clears throat> so that is um, the short version of what caused me to end up here today designing brand identities for people so that they can also embody their own limitless possibility. 
That's that's really something, and and congratulations for making that journey. And I I think I you had told me before, but I don't recall hearing it just now. You, what what is the prognosis now as far as the tumor goes? So the last official prognosis from a doctor was um, that they were going to like as far as they could tell. They still said it was there according to the MRIs, but my body was completely healed and they refused to do surgery on a healthy person. And so (laughs) they said, like, we can't explain it. We don't know how, but you are walking and talking and your left side is stronger than your right side. And so we're not going to try this risky surgery and possibly put you in a wheelchair or on a feeding tube for life um, when clearly you and God have other ideas. So I walked out and they wanted me to come back every six months and kind of do watch and wait. But I, my faith wasn't quite strong enough for that because every time I went back for a watch and they would say something like, well, according to the MRIs, it's the same size or maybe bigger. We, we don't understand, like your body's no longer uh, showing that it's here, I, my faith would crumble a little bit and I'd have a major setback and some of the symptoms would actually come back and I'd have to f- fight through it again and stand on what I believed and speak it out. And so when they finally said, we're not going to operate on you based on the MRI, we're only going to operate on you if your symptoms show that you have this. I said, well, I don't need to see it then either. And I'm certainly not coming back every six months to get the pants scared off of me. So (laughs) see you later, doc. It's been fantastic. I'm going to go live my life now. So that was seven years ago, I think. And I have have not been back. And um, my body is stronger than ever. The last of my symptoms faded into the dust a few years ago. And I'm just taking life as an active faith, one day at a time and saying, Lord, I know that you healed me and that's enough for me. Yeah. Well, good for you. That is amazing. And congratulations on all that. So you turned your attention to this personal branding for people. Explain a little more about what that is and how that comes to be for (laughs) for your customers. Sure. That's a really big, wide question. So (laughs) I'll try to uh, give it a succinct answer. I like to say that um, when it comes to branding, people have a lot of different interpretations for what it means. Even designers may have different interpretations for what it means based on their areas of expertise. Mine happen to fall in the range of building a foundation of brand messaging, Uh, creating high-impact brand visuals that tell the story of that messaging, and then uh, implementing it through custom websites that visually validate their value and help them turn visitors into customers overnight. But that's kind of the long, boring way to say that what I really do is I take people who are the best in the world at what they do and what they offer, and I help them finally look as good as they are so that they can magnetize their dream audience and opportunities 
and finally be as delightfully expensive as they deserve to be. <laughs> I love that phrase. I was hoping you'd get to that. You, you had shared that with me when we first met, and I love that phrase. As uh, what is it? Delightfully expensive as as delightfully expensive as they deserve to be. There we go. I, I really like that, and I can uh, I can really relate and empathize. For those of us that are in the coaching and advising space, some call it consulting. It, it, it is hard to create that brand identity and that differentiator that tells a slightly different story because, you know, just to call yourself a coach or call yourself a consultant is, is really a kind of a flat term now. I mean, nobody, <laughs> it, it's, it's diluted as a word and people are confused and the majority of people roll their eyes and kind of say to themselves, oh, here we go again. And, you know, so trying to, trying to build that brand message is, is really great. And I love that last little tag. That's uh, <laughs> that's an important part of the whole thing. So uh, how do you get people started in the process of trying to, well, how do you tease out from a client what those value points are, those those elements that have that unique distinction about them? Well, a lot of different ways, but one of the main kind of processes that I take my clients through is one that I like to call content mining. And it is taking them through a series of questions to really draw out from inside of them what that is that makes them so amazing, what that is that they need to tell the world. Because most of the answers to what makes you freaking awesome and why everyone should work with you are already inside of you. But it can be very hard to just sit down and say it about yourself. It can be even harder to sit down and see it about yourself. We are sometimes blind to what it is that really makes people want to be around us. And in a personal brand, the differentiating factor between you and another coach is you. So we need to get to the heart of your most authentic self and show that to the world rather than just shaving off pieces of what makes you amazing so that you can fit into a box that someone has said, like, to appeal to a wide market, this is your box. Shave off these five things. They're not relevant. Let's stick you in here. And so I like to pull it out of them and really treat the whole branding journey like following a treasure map where... Um, a lot of people might think that with branding, you can just start anywhere or you can just pick any piece and have one person do this and have one person do your website and have another do your photos and have a, someone write some copy for you. And you certainly can, but then you miss the, the treasures that you would uncover if you took it like a journey where each realization helps you get to the next step. So with, with my clients, I very much take it in phases and we start with that message. Like if they come to me and they say, I want you to help me look as good as I am. 
and I ask them what that means or what makes them amazing and they don't know, then we actually need to take a step back and kind of do step zero. <laughs> or maybe it's it's the prequel. And that yeah. is bef before you can show your value to the world, you have to know your value. You have to know it for two reasons. One, you can't communicate something you don't know. And two, you can't show up confidently with your services if you don't know and believe that they are going to help someone change their life in an undeniable way. So taking that step back and saying, what's my X factor? Who do I serve better than anyone else? Who am I perfectly positioned to serve based on my experience, based on my years in the industry? What do I do that other people think is crazy? And I think it's so fun. <laughs> what happens when I'm on a call with my clients and, and they tell me this feedback and I, I've heard five people say that, oh, you know what? That really is something amazing. Like my clients like to joke that I'm their professional hype woman. And <laughs> that is because I see what they could be, not just what they are. And I help them build that brand around what they could be so that then they have to level up to that because now it's real. Like it's not just some dream that they will become that. It's real. It's live in their photos. It's showing up in their website. It's communicated in their message. And they're like, oh my gosh, I am that. It's true. And now I'm going to show up in that way. And so uh, that was a really long answer, but to be fair, it was a wide question. Remember, yeah, wide and deep. <laughs> it was, it was. No, that's that's great. I, I, I think swimming around in that great ocean we just threw out there is is the uh, this idea of there are a lot of coaches and gurus that that try to help people in this space of defining a brand or defining a direction or, or creating a marketing message. And the the popular word that comes up is is niching or niching, whichever way you like to say it. You know, telling a, um, a coach or an advisor to find that that lane. You know, get in your lane and and really work hard on defining what that is and what it's all about. And I share a, a, a network with a small group of coaches like myself who we're undeniably a little long in the tooth we've made a few extra trips around the sun than the average bear and it it's hard as heck for guys like us to to feel comfortable locking in that one thing that one niche and because the reality is we've done a lot of stuff and we've got a lot of things we can share and yes, we can wrap it into a particular offering of sorts, but uh, what do you say somebody to somebody about this idea one of picking a, a niche and going after it or otherwise possibly compounding your brand story by trying to explain all this great and wonderful stuff you can do? Well, I'm going to actually answer that in two somewhat contradictory ways. Okay. And I would like to preface this that say, by saying some of this is a Johanna White opinion based on years of experience working with, with my clients. Um, sometimes someone comes to me and they say, I know maybe I should niche, 
but I really don't want to because I don't either want to leave anybody out. I really know I could help anyone in the world who came to me and I don't want to miss out on, you know, reaching out to someone who, who needs my help by saying I only work with men in their 60s who are about to retire, not sure what's next. And they're afraid of speaking to just one person in that they may lose out on a lot of people. And to those people, I typically will still encourage them to approach it from a different angle, but still look for who they are best positioned to serve and why. Because there usually is, even if you can help everyone, there usually is one sort of group of people perhaps that you resonate with more. Your story resonates with more. Your history can help them accelerate faster than the general person. Now you can still help the general person, but not quite as great or your results won't be as fast as they will for this like specific person that you you really connect and resonate with. And so for those people, I will encourage them to think of their messaging like a, a target where they're speaking to a bullseye of a niche, of a a a it doesn't have to just be a psychographic. It could be a demographic or it, it could be either one. Uh, it doesn't mean like all women uh, age 35 to 50 is who I'm speaking to. It might be uh, divorced moms who are starting a side hustle. That might be a better way to you know define it. And that might be because you're a divorced mom. And you turned your side hustle into a seven-figure business. And so, of course, <laughs> you're really well-positioned to speak to those women because you've been there. And so I'll encourage them to speak to that, that bullseye, knowing that they will still attract rings around that of a more general audience who, who will say, I'm not a divorced mom, but I am starting a side hustle, and I'm really stressed and low on time and what you have to share really resonates with me. Can I work with you? And, and they'll be surprised that usually they get even more referrals and outreach from that general audience that they wanted to still be able to serve than they did when they were trying to speak to everyone. And, and that is because uh, the brain is always trying to conserve calories. Um, as Donald Miller likes to say, he wrote a book called Story Brand. He's one of my favorite authors. Right. I'm familiar. I love his message. And, and he talks about how if we if we make someone think too hard, they'll just give up and leave. If they have to think too hard about why they should work with us or what we could do for them, and it won't be out of rudeness. It'll be literally out of lizard brain self-preservation. Yeah. And like on top of that, uh, think of, you said you're in some networking groups. Think of how much easier it is to refer someone to a coach when they say, I work with single dads. You know three, and they just popped into your head the second they said that, and you thought of three people you could send their way. But when they say, I work with everyone, <laughs> and I'm a really good life coach for people who are feeling stuck, it's a lot harder for your brain to filter through all of those files, picture friends who are feeling stuck, than it is to picture three of your single dad friends who are feeling stuck and frustrated. Yeah, that's interesting. What and what's going through my mind, and and this is maybe in two incredibly 
self-serving to ask you this, but <laughs> um, frequently when I engage with uh, any kind of outside service who wants to help me with my branding, we get into a discussion, you know, they, we start out with this, well, Doug, you know, define your avatar, you know, what's your, what you think your ideal client is. And I start going down the path of saying, well, small business owners who've been in business two to three years, they have already achieved three million or greater in top side revenue, and they've got a staff of at least 10. And what I'm starting to feel, I mean, on paper, that makes a lot of sense, and it helps kind of narrow down the, the population there because I'm not particularly interested in dealing with startups. That's a whole different ball game. Although I'm confident I could help them a little bit, but I, that's just not the direction I've gone. But what I'm starting to wonder, and even listening to you, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm thinking the wrong thing in defining that, that owner that has that business with those parameters. So are you open to feedback on that? Follow where I'm going. Yeah, please. <laughs> yes. So you're not wrong. And it is still helpful information to define the demographic. But how many of your, your best friends or your business associates know that information about each other? They don't. They, they don't. So when yeah. you say I'm looking for business owners, 3 million or more, they've been in business five to 10 years. Like my best friends don't even know how long I've been in business unless they recently heard me on a podcast. And it's not because they don't care. That's just not information our brain files is valuable. So I would challenge you to take it to the next step and say, okay, I know that that's who I want to work with, but how would someone else recognize them? And even more important, how would they recognize themselves? They're not walking around looking at what scrolling websites, looking for a coach who says, I'm looking for someone in, you know, 3 million this. What they're scrolling and looking for is their problem and the answer to it. So if you can ask yourself a, another layer deeper and say, that man who is is that demographic, what problem does he have in his business right now? And maybe you've served a few of them. And so you might actually ask them, what problem did I help you solve the most in your business? You're my ideal client. I'd love to replicate you. What was it really that us working together solved. And chances are really high that if that gentleman of that demographic had that problem, someone of the same demographic has the same problem because his business is at the same growth stage. Maybe he's been working 80 hours a week and so his marriage has the same problem and <laughs> his kids have the same daddy issues and et cetera, et cetera. So, Start digging next level into that and, and use the data you already have to find out who to look deeper at. And when you identify the problem that they have that you solve, now you're talking. Now you have a message that can actually connect with them. They can see themselves. When they look at, at your website, they should see themselves and go, oh my God, I've been waiting for someone to solve that for me. I finally found someone, thank goodness. And your friends in your networking group should be like, you know what? My neighbor Bill has been complaining about this for years. I didn't know it was because his business was at this growth stage, but he totally has this thing going on. And now you have a really clear message that speaks to a problem because people don't buy uh, products or services. They buy solutions to their problem. They buy feeling better. They buy 
relief from that stress and anxiety that's getting to them day after day. I, I, I've been stifling a laugh here because I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of uh, recent prospects I've talked to and the, the common thread of, of those who have gravitated my way is just the popular phrase, they're all hot messes. <laughs> their, their business is just a hot mess right now. It's it's making money. It's It's got some things going on, but they're kind of at that brink of overload. You know, they mm -hmm. there just aren't enough hours in the day. They, they've, um, the business has grown up enough and gotten big enough that it's, it's, it's bigger than their personal capacity to handle. And, and, and so it's this, it, the symptoms are just a bubbling hot mess going on all over, <laughs> all around them. Well, Doug, never be afraid to use their language in your messaging. It will resonate, even if it's as unprofessional sounding as hot mess, <laughs> because when we go home at night, we don't think in professional terms. We think about the hamster wheel in our brain. And it sounds like Maybe Tony Robbins would define their business stage as the teenage years, rapid growth, very messy, kind of hard to handle. And what usually happens at that stage is, is talented owners fall into the habit of just working in their business and they have no time left to work on it. Right. right. So they're just putting out fires everywhere they can. Yeah. And they suddenly start to think like, I don't even want to grow bigger. I don't even want to grow up because I cannot handle this. And so that's it exactly, sounds like. Yeah, that's exactly the pivot point. And I, I do have a, a, a colleague who has more articulately defined the four stages of company growth. And I guess I need to go look back on what Tony might have said about it once upon a time. I think I'd heard that before, but I'd kind of forgotten about it. But, you know, there's a, there's kind of that obvious startup phase, and then there's a bit of a takeoff phase where you're starting to feel traction, you know, your word's getting out. And then there's a growth phase where that's where we start really talking about scaling and, and uh, some serious growth. And that would be like the go from 3 million to 5 million or, or 3 to 8 or maybe even 5 to 10 or something like that. And then the fourth stage is really uh, more of what my friend calls an enterprise phase. You're really starting to sound, look, and feel like a big business. You know, you've got several people on your leadership team. You've maybe divided up between chief of operations and chief of sales and customer service. And, you know, you're starting to create a, a breadth and a depth in the organization. And so... Um, Again, as the owner of founder, your challenges of leading all that change geometrically, but you would have a long time ago passed that point of it's really you doing everything. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> and 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 that becomes a mindset thing back to your really kind of entering comment about your own personal journey with your your brain tumor. There's so incredibly much that's wrapped up in the in your mindset and the way you look at everything for sure um well it sounds like you're having some major breakthroughs on that realization of what your your client suffers from can i ask you now that you are aware of that 
how do you solve it best? How do you solve that that pain of that kind of teenage frustration sized business where it's exploding, but it's messy? Well, uh, my quick answer is I've developed a a simple to understand, harder to do, quite honestly, <laughs> but simple to understand four-part framework that an owner can take and start implementing to kind of capture all of the, you know, the wild edges and the wild hairs that might be running around and you start getting each of those uh, brush fires under control and start formulating a business that is truly reliable, scalable, and repeatable so that you can get into that solid um, status of having an asset that is worth something to a potential buyer. And that's what most entrepreneurs think about. So they're going to build this thing, get it up to a certain size, and then sell it and have the big payday. And I mean, I realize not everybody does that. A lot of people get into business to create a, a lifestyle and they don't ever want it to be any bigger than X, you know. But most people that I've ever known, once they get into that, if they actually achieve that level of success, they all start going, maybe there's a little more, maybe there is something more I can do with this. And then that's when the fun begins. So. Wait, uh, you wait until then to have the fun? Oh, no, no, no. You're, <laughs> you're having fun all, all along, but I'm a different kind of fun, <laughs> different kind of fun. Yeah. So uh, I, I do have this framework and I try to corral everybody's thinking. So these, these folks that are living a hot mess, <laughs> one, of the, one of the symptoms is just this incredible scattered nature. Just talk to them and you realize how incredibly fractured everything is. And it's, uh, it's kind of like the old joke line out of the Chevy Chase movie, you know, squirrel, squirrel, you know, <laughs> there's... <laughs> Um, and, but that's the way they show up. They, they, mm -hmm. to try to get them to think and communicate on a coherent train of thought for longer than about 90 seconds is next to impossible. And that's the number one symptom that I see with owners who are struggling with this, um, this phase of their business growth and their personal life is that, the business has created enough demand on their time that they haven't yet figured out how to better manage all of that. So it sounds like you bring some organization to their world of chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and give them a new framework to think about and something to drive toward so that they can create the time margin in their days so they can, you know, go out to dinner with their spouse or, you know, introduce themselves to their children or whatever it is they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now you're talking about their life problems because <laughs> yeah. that's where it really shows up. It starts at the business, but it affects your home life. Right. And that's where you feel a lot of the pain. And so... Right. Once you're identifying that and speaking about that, now you're going to have your captive audience ready for you to sign on the dotted line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, 
can you share a, a, a story or two about some of your victories in, in helping people and what it was about their story that was impacted by uh, your magic? <laughs> sure. Um, I'll try not to brag on myself too hard. Oh, please but do. <laughs> I like to call myself a brand magician. And that also came from some of my clients who repeatedly will get partway through a project and they'll just start saying, I don't understand exactly how you're doing this, but the words I've never been able to communicate, the style I didn't even recognize that I had is showing up in my photos, in my website, in the world. And I am, and I quote, they said, a million percent more confident <laughs> to walk out into the world and tell people about what I do, to send them to my website, to uh, offer them the program and to ask for the sale because I know that what I'm saying and how I'm showing up align in the best way. Um, I've had clients where I redid their brand photography and then their messaging and their website. And the first month after we launched the website, they doubled their annual revenue in one month. Wow. In one month. Because they were going after a large corporate client was their ideal audience, but they were not attractive to them at all. They looked like small town. Um, their website was all over the place. Their messaging was all over the place. And, and a corporate client who came to shop there had to dig through like five pages and 10 links to even find out that, oh, they have corporate gift baskets and all of these things. And they, but they, the client told me that's really who I enjoy serving the most. And so we wrote a message about it being the perfect gift every time. And we created a look and feel that was as good as any luxury gifting brand here, Europe, elsewhere. And suddenly it looked like they could play with the big dogs and it, and their ideal clients responded by coming out in force. Nice. Um, I've had clients who were coaches who had a website, but it wasn't great. It was just average. And they were embarrassed to send people to it. So that right there is like, a problem in itself because if you're embarrassed to self-promote, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. Even if they wouldn't have rejected your website, you are before they even get to see it. Yeah. And but not only that, when they did have a sales call and then they they sounded amazing because what their services were phenomenal. Like they are an incredible coach for engineering leaders. They had a specific niche and they knew it. And they had 10 years in the industry as an engineer themselves, getting 11 promotions in 10 years. And they definitely knew what they were talking about. But their website looked like everyone else, some sort of worse, <laughs> not even as good as everyone else. Right. And when, when, when we redid their brand, redid their photos uh, and launched their new site, they were able to close 30% more sales and double their price overnight. Like they, because they knew what they were worth and they weren't charging it before. It wasn't that they said, oh, now that we look great, we're going to inflate our price. It was, they had been struggling, undercharging, know that their pro, knowing that their program was worth a lot more than they were able to get a yes for. 
And even at the lower price, they were still getting more no's than they should have been based on how good their content was. And so we took it and finally made them, I know I keep saying this, but made them look as good as they are. And now people reach out and sometimes they say, who did your website? It's freaking phenomenal, even though it's not at all related to what they need from, <laughs> from their coach. Other times they say, oh my gosh, I love your program. But honestly, once I got in it, I was surprised that you didn't already have a million clients because that's what your brand looks like. Like I was so confident that you are who you say you are because everything about your brand screams professional and trustworthy. And so that's two examples. I won't bore you with more, but <laughs> no, those <are> great. <laughs> yeah, those are my <laughs> those favorite are kind. Those are my favorite kind. And then I just get chills when maybe we're halfway through the process and we're doing a brand photo shoot and a client comes in who has kind of maybe lower confidence in how they look or how they show up and they've never really loved a photo of themselves and they've never felt like they had a personal style. And, and we go and we like create a style that brings out their most authentic self with a professional edge. And we carefully stage the shots. We pick the scenes to tell the story and they let those photos go live and they get like 30 comments in the first three minutes that the photos are up of people saying, oh my gosh, these are so you, this look is so you, everything in the background is so you. And their confidence goes through the roof because they didn't even 100% know who they were before we did this work. But now not only do they know who they are, but the world knows it. And so they love showing up in their videos. Um, they love showing up in photos and saying like, what makes me amazing is finally showing on the outside to other people. And the confidence that comes from that is what, why I call it their limitless possibility. It makes them unstoppable. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just curious. This might be way too much detail, but in, in the you know the the modern world with remoteness and everything, how do how do you coordinate a photo <laughs> shoot with somebody that you know maybe four states away or farther? They're not even always in this country. I love traveling, Doug. So most of the project I will do via Zoom. It's just as easy to do messaging and meetings and, and review designs that way. But then we start planning photo shoots um, and they can either have my assistants shopping online or I'll do a pre-trip and go shop with them. We will tear our way through the luxury stores and <laughs> have a blast doing it. And then we'll meet again and I will fly to them usually when um, when it's time for their photo shoot, I have photographers all over the country who love to travel gotcha. as well. And so we, we pick locations. Sometimes none of us are in our kind of home base, as it were, because I have found that for some clients, we can tease out their most aspirational future self by taking them to a different spot in the world that really lights them up. And hmm. so we consider all of that when we're saying, how do we tell your story the best? And uh, photo shoots can be unnerving and they can be weird or scary for people who have not done it a lot. And so we find ways to help them relax, 
especially if it's like an international trip, we're going to go to Greece and we're going to do their photo shoot there because they are a coach who helps women with money mindset and abundance. And, you know, that is a place that just screams uh, the lifestyle that they want to help people get to. And so in that case, we might do three days or five days. And most of it is us hanging out, getting to know each other in person, having fun, choosing their style, enjoying good food, getting a massage, and then we're going to do the shoot. And so we turn it into a whole experience. Oh my gosh. Wow. And it turns out half the time, the, the photo shoot section where people a lot of times dreaded that part of it because they weren't sure how they would show up, ends up being their favorite part of the whole project. And the only time it's topped is when uh, we get their website live and they see those photos in action in a way that now not only they saw them earlier, but now the world sees it. And it's that same like moment where it's out there and they don't want to take it back. Now they know who they are and so does everyone else. And that's just such a good feeling when you sit down at night and you say, am I showing up in the world at my fullest potential? And you look and you go, yeah. And it's actually next level. And so it's challenging me even to live up to it today. Wow. That's amazing. Really good. And I think on that note, sadly, we're going to have to shut this thing down, but uh, <laughs> it has been such a great pleasure and, and getting to spend this time talking to you, Johanna. I, I really admire your work, appreciate everything you've shared here, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And if anyone has any questions about, I know we kind of gave them like a quick brain tumor story, but we left a lot of it out. And people will message later and be like, oh my God, I have to know more. What turned, like, what happened? Tell me the rest of that story. And for the sake of not going another hour, um, there are some additional podcast episodes on my, the about page of my website, which is designedbyjoestudio.com. And they can listen to some of those to close the loop. I hate leaving people hanging. <laughs> Great. Well, I was going to ask you uh, for that connection info, and I'm glad you jumped there and, and, and went that. And as always, folks, we're going to have those links in the show notes here. So don't worry if you didn't catch it on the fly. You can uh, just look up the, uh, the footnote here, and we'll have all those links there for you. But again, one last time, thanks so much for sitting in, and I appreciate you sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a fun, it's been a fun chat. Well, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And folks, we are going to wrap it up. I do always like to remind everybody we've got a video edition of this show over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there, uh, subscribe if you like, leave us a comment, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. And as always, I, I want to encourage you to give me some feedback. Let me know about a topic or a theme that we haven't done yet. We're coming up on uh, show number 150 since we started this thing. So um, we've got a lot out there, but I know there's a lot of ground we haven't covered. So we'll be uh, more than happy to hear from you and get that input from you. For now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and I wish you a great day and hope to see you again real soon. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. 
If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.